Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of your no-good, dirty, rotten, pig-stealing great-great-grandfather. I'm Hannah Leach. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Two Pink Pictures, and we have not stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we are talking about 2003's Holes. You and your family will be cursed for always and eternity. My name is Stanley Yelnats. There's no curse on this family. There is on the men in this family. It's all because you're no good, dirty, rotten, big stealing, great, great grandpa. Welcome to Camp Green Lake. Where's the lake? <laughs> and clearly, it's a special day once again because Audrey and I are together in real life and we're in the same frame if you are watching the video version. So I am basking in the... Uh, glorious glow of Audrey's ring light <laughs> um, and we are here together um but also today is really special because back by popular demand Yara Zaid is joining us for the second half of the episode because we didn't want to make her sit there and be like yeah Shia LaBeouf was in this and Ha-ha. yeah Shia LaBeouf sucks now <laughs> yeah we just didn't want to put her through that so um She is watching us record the first half, though. So we do have a live audience today, but it's just her and she's on Zoom and muted. But we're looking at her beautiful face right now and she is with us. Um, She's like backstage being like, hee hee, like, yeah, (laughs) that's the vibe. Um, And she's on this episode because she made this really incredible video on holes and the parallels within the movie to the prison industrial complex. And we're going to talk more about that in the second half of the video. But before we do that, shit, the video. <laughs> I mean, it is a video. The episode. So, the podcast. The content at hand. We're talking about it in the second half. But before we do that, we are going to get into the facts as we always do. This movie, Holes, was released on April 18th, 2003 and was directed by Andrew Davis. Um Two of his notable credits are The Fugitive, starring Harrison Ford, and Under Siege with Steven Seagal. 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 (laughs) What do you know about those movies? I don't. You don't know anything? Um, No. Wow. For once, it's not just me. Mm, Can you just unmute yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to feed us some points? How do we say it? Sayara knows about this. How do we say it? Do you know? Seagal, right? Oh, he sucks too. Okay, we're okay. Oh, Correspondent Yara is letting us know in our ear that Steven Seagal sucks. So he sucks. Um, I'm sure Harrison. Uh, like I don't know his. his you don't I don't know him. Personally. I don't know him personally. But <laughs> looking, I mean, this does not make sense. Like these are very like serious. You know, like Andrew Davis really took on holes with like the. The uh, fury of like a (laughs) grab holes by the horns, like a (laughs) adult yes director perspective. I don't know, like very like supporting a leading man in like a a a whatever. What? Oh, oh, oh! I know. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Forget that. Anyway, this is a Disney movie. Interesting, considering a lot of the things contained within it. 
The screenplay was written by Lewis Sacker, who also wrote the novel, which was like this wildly popular uh, young adult novel that I read a bunch of times when I was a kid. Um, And you can definitely tell that it's written by the same person um, just because it's like super true to the source material, but like also changes where it's needed. Um, And not to spoil anything, but it's very good. Audrey, would you like to read this plot synopsis? We have two, right? Um, yes. So one, okay. The first one is blasphemous and it's from Rotten Tomatoes. And then the second one is somewhat better and it's from IMDb. Okay. So the bad one is a boy and his friends question the motives of a woman, Sigourney Weaver, who forces them to dig holes at a detention camp. (laughs) As if the movie is just about questioning the motives of Sigourney Weaver. (laughs) Questioning the motives. Like, a boy and, and it's not just that it's a boy and his friends question the motives and then they only mention Sigourney Weaver I just found that really funny but the second one's a bit better yeah the second one is a wrongfully convicted boy is sent to a brutal desert detention camp where he joins the job joins the job of digging holes for some mysterious reason. This is not better. It's, so, it's, it's not, not good. Better. It's not good, but it's better than a boy and his friends question the <laughs> motives. Like, hello. Just no. And then we've got some taglines here. Um, we have four, but I don't know. This first one's kind of strange. The first one is the book is now the movie. <laughs> Thank you for stating the obvious. <laughs> the second one is the adventure is down there. Dot, dot, dot. Start digging April 18th. <laughs> See, I kind of love that. That one's good. The adventure is down there instead of like out there. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably the picture where they're all looking down into the hole, you know? Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of cute. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. Um, the third one is some secrets. Some secrets are too big to keep hidden. Okay. And the fourth one is, can you dig it? Great. They, I feel like that one just, it like made it onto the board of ideas and they were like, we can't not, we got to put it on something. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then, okay, we have to get into this cast. Um, There's a lot of people in the cast, um, but so I just went with the bit with the bigger ones because I would literally, we'd be talking about the cast forever if we did every single person. Um, But first of all, we have the um, now infamous Shia LaBeouf as Stanley Yelnats. And I'm pretty sure this was like his first big role in a movie because they say introducing Shia LaBeouf in the credits. Um, But he was in Even Stevens around the same time. Um, which obviously that's like how we were all introduced to him for the most part on Disney Channel. Um, but he was also in Honey Boy, Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, bad. Did you not like that movie? What, Peanut Butter Falcon? Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Wait, do, did you really think that? Did you see it? Shockingly, yes. You enjoyed that. What? Well, I didn't. <laughs> I, well, you didn't? No. Why? Because I okay, I can't remember exactly now, but I remember how much I thought it was just shit. I just thought it was bad. What did you like about it? I was entertained. I also saw it on a date. Oh, it was bad. You did? Yeah. So I'm sure that also added to why I didn't like it because it was. (laughs) I saw it. 
I saw it at the beginning of uh, quarantine. My friend Bex started like a movie club with me and two of her friends who were other people that went to college with me, but I didn't know that well. And so I like got to know them post college through this movie club. And that was one of the movies that we watched. I thought it was pretty good. It was like very like mediocre, like. Yeah. I mean, I had never seen anyone with Down syndrome in a leading role before, yeah, though. Yeah, that was, like, the most notable thing about it, for yeah. sure. But Shia LaBeouf, I don't know why Dakota Johnson said yes. Oh, yeah, I forgot she was in that. That was stupid. Okay, wow. Well. And Honey Boy also, I feel like I could talk about. Yeah. All I know is that the people in my life who liked that movie are a very clear. specific type. Steer clear. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway, he was also in Transformers. Um, And in terms of like things he's infamous for sort of in escalating badness, like the first thing that people, it was like non just acting was like his whole performance art stunt with like sitting in the room with a bag on his head like the whole I'm not famous anymore thing. And then he got like arrested a bunch of times, like had a lot of substance abuse issues and like that doesn't make him a bad person. That just happens to be a thing about him. But what does make him a bad person um, is that he had been in a relationship with FKA Twigs and ultimately she like sued him for sexual battery, assault and infliction of emotional distress. But and of course he like still continues to get like job offers right. and shit. Right. Um, the man is severely uh, in need of help. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It, we we aren't there. We don't know him, but it seems like a messy time. And then <laughs> next up, Yara's going to get mad about this. Uh, we have Cleo Thomas as Zero. And when I was looking at his credits, okay, here's the thing. I don't watch that much stuff. So a lot of the time when I pick credits for people, I really just pick the only things I recognize. But I have this written down, Shameless and other random little parts, TBH, not to be rude. <laughs> so I'm probably wrong. Do you know any more things that he's in? Okay, well, you know what? No, but Yara does. <laughs> Do you want to tell us? Please, please line please be in. our correspondent again. Okay, okay. This this just in from <laughs> from roving reporter Yara. He was also in Roll Bounce, which is a black teen comedy. We haven't seen it, <laughs> um, but you know what? I bet it's great. And then next up, we have Sigourney Weaver as the warden, and like she's the one. She's quite famous, quite talented, um, but she's primarily known for Alien, Alien Two, uh, Working Girl, Galaxy Quest, and Avatar. I guess. Do you have things to say? No. Okay. Why'd you make that noise? Because Avatar is weird. Oh, it's the James Cameron one. Yeah. Too. I don't really know anything about it other than that it made a bunch of money. And you didn't it, see it? No. Oh, wow. Just like to spite myself. Yeah. I guess. I saw it in, I guess, seventh grade. I think that's when it came out. And yeah. um, I didn't know what was going on, but. <laughs> yeah. Good times. I, I have not seen it. I know that there's a Avatar world in Disney. Because of my hobby of watching weird Disney World content. Niche Disney World content. <laughs> so, our shared hobby that we both started without talking to each other and yeah. then just discovered that we both do it. Um, okay. And then next up we have the infamous John Voight as Mr. Sir. Very much uh, a great performance. We talk a lot about him in the second half. Um, but first and foremost, he's in the Bratz movie 
as we have discussed. His most crucial work. <laughs> yes. Um, but he was a Midnight Cowboy. He was also in Coming Home and if, like he won an Oscar in that movie and he was like pay or playing someone who was paraplegic, which is like very classic, like white man thing to do. Um, but I actually looked up like one of his scenes from that movie and he did do a really good job. So I was like, okay, like, like it was like a monologue scene and I was like, okay, this is pretty compelling. I don't really know anything about the movie though. I loved Midnight Cowboy actually. So I would recommend it. They um, made us watch it in school. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's really good. Um, And then we have Tim Blake Nelson as Officer Pendansky. (laughs) These are the credits I chose. Oh, brother, where art thou? Hulk with a bunch of question marks. Question marks. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt with the slanty emoji face. And then Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. (laughs) So that's what I have for him. Uh, We have to do some Scooby-Doo episodes because I really don't know those movies all that well. What, like the cartoon or the live live action action ones? Well, there's only one, I thought. Well, there's Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. There's two. There's got to be the one before. Oh, interesting. This is the one with Mr. Bean in it, I'm pretty sure. I have no memory of either of them, honestly. Okay, well, I I have have a little bit, but... I have some memories of the second one that I know you were there for, so we'll talk about that when we get there one day. Um, And then next up, we have Patricia Arquette as Kissing Kate Barlow. She... I'm like insecure about the credits that I picked because you guys both watch so much stuff and I don't. Should I just roll with it the way I normally do? Um, I didn't even write boyhood. Yeah. I, please, please say things. No, you, no, no, you just say them. Okay. So uh, she was in Medium, Boardwalk Empire, The Act, CSI Cyber. Uh, she's also in Boyhood. And to me though, she's kissing Kate first and foremost in my heart. Okay, and the next we have Dulé Hill as Sam the Onion Man. Um, he was in Psych and The West Wing, which I feel like everyone has somehow been on The West Wing, but he was on The West Wing. And he was in the show Suits. So he's also beautiful. I think he's so beautiful. Okay, and then last but not least, obviously, we have um, the Eartha Kit as Madame Zeroni. And so maybe you're hearing this name and you're like, I don't really know who that is. Let me um, clarify that you do know who she is. Um, she had like this huge music career where all of her biggest songs, uh, where all of her big songs were like about being a sugar baby or like being like the wife to like a wealthy man. Um, I'm not exaggerating. Like if you go Quite to her, her Spotify profile, like all of her top songs are like about spending a man's money and like we love that um she also was the singer on the most famous version of santa baby like i'm pretty sure she was the first person to ever like let that song out as a single and if none of that is doing it for you she's also the voice of yzma in emperor's new groove that's big um she was catwoman in the 60s batman and maybe part of why you may not recognize her name is that she actually kind of like suffered a substantial professional setback because she was really anti-war in the 60s so like she went to this white house luncheon and she apparently like picked a fight with uh lady bird johnson and made her cry because she said this quote you send the best of this country off to be shot and maimed they rebel in the street they don't want to go to school because they're going to be snatched off from their mothers to be shot in vietnam uh but 
According to this source that I found, the public reaction to Kit's statements was even more extreme, both for and like it was just really polarizing the fact that she said it um, and she ended up being, quote unquote, professionally exiled from the U.S. And she devoted her energies to overseas performances for nearly a decade. So like Eartha deserved better. Imagine being that iconic and controversial and being like, I'm off to Paris to do my one woman show for a decade. Yeah, like y'all can shut the fuck up. I'm leaving to go live a better life. Yeah, like, and she she lived a long life, too. I think she died, like, maybe 10 years ago or so, but she was active for a long time. Yeah, and if you, like, want to get a vibe for her, her personality, there are some great... Uh, like compilations yes. of her just talking on YouTube that are yes, just really life-giving. Totally. And they honestly, they would like just make me cry. I don't even know why. There's just something, there's yeah. just something about her. There's no one like Eartha Kitt, you know? Yeah. She's so specific. And actually that reminds me, there's another reason why you might know who she is, which is um, because Jujubee was her on the Snatch Game of Love on Drag Race. Oh God. Recently. If that's your rep point if of reference, I... Yeah, that shouldn't be it, but like, I don't know your life. That might have been your entry point. So that's also a... Uh, a thing that could help you. I'm glad we talked about her for that long. Yeah, she deserves it. So the budget for Holes was $20 million and on box office opening weekend, it made 16300155 So sort of a sleeper hit, I'm thinking, <laughs> for Disney. Yeah. Um, the overall worldwide gross is 71232214 So they got there, obviously. Yes. Um, but I get it. It's not what... I don't think everyone, like their, <laughs> everyone and their mothers would be rushing out to <laughs> watch Imagining people going like this. Like, like running. Like, I feel like it's for Disney. It'd be like, oh, I think Holes is still in theaters. Maybe we should right. go see that. Yeah. Um, they also played it on the Disney Channel a lot. Yeah. Which I think is probably how we saw it for mm, the first time. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is a 78% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. And the critic consensus is faithful to its literary source. This is imaginative, intelligent family entertainment. So then I just picked a few critic reviews, like some highlights from some critic reviews. So this one is from PJ Nabarro, who sucks, according to my notes. He said, this Burton-esque slice of Southern whimsy works much better on the page than it does on screen where its events transpire arbitrarily and seem less organic. It's not Burton-esque at all. Big thumbs down. Big thumbs down from Yara, yeah. Yes. Um, And then we have Ed Park of The Village Voice who said, brims with storytelling flourishes and gently deployed life lessons that even accompanying adults may dig. 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 (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, um, as any aspiring media analyst does... I found a Roger Ebert line about this, about this movie. And he said, I walked in expecting a movie for 13 somethings and walked out feeling challenged and satisfied. So I, I agree that that's a good uh, explanation of what the experience is like. Um, And then there's a 76% audience score best summed up by this one audience review. This is from Chase S. He says, if you don't like holes, then fuck you. (laughs) And, quite that that is absolutely true correct yeah 
So um, instead of doing our little pop culture moment here, I thought that it would be good to just provide a little bit of context about the, the success of the book. Because the success of the book is what really brought about Disney, like acquiring the rights and making the movie in the first place. So this is a little excerpt that I found. The book was both a critical and commercial success. Much of the praise for the book has centered around its complex plot, interesting characters, and representation of people of color and incarcerated youth. It won the 1998 U.S. National Book Award for Young People's Literature and the 1999 Newbery Medal for the year's most distinguished contribution to American literature for children. And you know if the Newbery Award Award is mentioned. People are not fucking around. In 2012, it was ranked number six among all-time children's novels in a survey published by a school library journal. So this book has a lot of clout <laughs> in yeah. the young adult sphere. And clearly it was enough clout for Disney to want to acquire it and make a movie out of it. So good for That's Lewis. a high amount of clout. Yeah, if it's just on that alone, like, yeah. whoa. So, and then here we would normally talk about the things we remember from childhood, about this movie, surrounding this movie, but we um, are going to talk about that with Yara in the second half. So... Yeah. Well, we're going to have a longer second half, so... Yeah. So we now will invite you to fire up your Disney Plus or the Disney Plus of a friend or loved one and <laughs> go give it a watch. Um, make yourself a snack. Get comfy. This is a film, guys. You got to watch it properly. Yeah. Okay? Yes. Um, and you can meet us back here for our little discussion when you're done. We will be right back. See you on the other side. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>
it's not as bad. Um, we're not talking about any old movie. We are talking about everyone's favorite deep down holes. So, and Yara, there's a very specific reason why we asked you to be on this episode. Um, and we'll ask you to go more into depth on it a little bit later. Um, but okay. before we get into all that, when do you think was the first time that you saw holes and what were your like takeaways from it? Did you read the book? Like what's the backstory? So I was familiar with the book. I hadn't read it though. It was, I think my older brother's and he had it. Um, so I saw it laying around the house, but I never actually picked it up. It was like, I didn't like the cover. I'm very yes. shallow. Neither did I. So no, it the, was, the cover's not good. Not the cover's not good. It wasn't a cover that stuck out to me, but having been an even Stevens fan, of course, mm-hmm. when I knew Holes was coming out, I wanted to see it. And I must've been about like seven years old. Mm-hmm. And my first impression was that it had to have been one of the weirdest children's movies I had seen. Because I hadn't seen anything like that. It was sort of very, lots of stories interwoven and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I was really attracted to it, but also confused. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Same. I think it felt a little out of my depth. Yeah. Just, I... Yeah, I think it was also just really mature. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. for the age that we were, it was like, oh, like our first introduction into that kind of story. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. When we were re-watching it last night, I wrote down that there's like a lot of like not explicitly named, but like extremely dark forces at play in that movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, And it kind of reminds me, like I had written down um, that like, Okay, this seems like a reach, but I promise it, it makes sense at least to me. Like when I first, oh, like when I first saw this movie, <laughs> it felt like a real and like good movie in the same way as like when I saw Pirates of the Caribbean for the first time. You know what yeah. I'm saying? No, that's valid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is super valid because actually the other day I was. I was trying to get my niece to watch Pirates of the Caribbean. Not interested at all. We didn't get very far. But I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about holes for some reason in the same context. Yeah. And I I couldn't put my finger on it. But I was like, yeah, that makes sense. So that was just like, (laughs) yeah, that's telepathy. Okay, good. Yeah. I feel like for me, it's like, it's like good movies with some dark themes. And like, there's like male main characters, but I was still able to care somehow. Yeah. Like, those are the things. <laughs> yeah, dark stuff going on because I think everyone was dead in part to the Caribbean. Or like drunk or or something, you know, yeah. cursed. Lots of stuff going on. And then in holes, I mean, a kid is getting sent to prison. So like, yes. it's right there in your <laughs> Yes, dark. Absolutely. And lots of like sins of the past, like causing mm-hmm. issues in the present, you know? Yes. And that was also very appealing. It was just like all this... I guess I couldn't have put a name to it then, but this theme of comeuppance almost. But yes, I, I, it was just very intricate, very interesting. Yes, totally. Yeah. So, <laughs> surprise, this is actually a versus episode of Pirates of the Caribbean and Hulk. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be kind of good, though. I, I don't know. Oh, we should have gone with that. We should have gone yeah. with that. Dang like, it. I would have put on my pirate outfit. It would have been perfect. <laughs> right. Like, we would have found. We would have found that. We would have. We have found the connection, but we would have found more. <laughs> we would have just. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. So, didn't read the book as a kid, but into the movie. Did you read the book after you saw the movie? Yes, I did. Why don't we talk about our childhood associations with it in this half? Is that okay? Yeah. What are yours? Um, I. 
I honestly have very little. I don't know why. I I don't know. I know I saw it when I was young, but Mm -hmm. like, and I know I read the book too, but I think. I might be able to illuminate why. Yeah, maybe. Because maybe it was like too (laughs) on the precipice of my long-term memory. I don't know. Yeah. I really, really, really loved it. Like, I think this is the only book I've ever read more than once because I don't really reread books. But when I was a kid, I read it multiple times. And my most like distinct memory of loving this movie, there's two things. Um, One of them was that I was like so into the concept of like digging holes afterward that I convinced uh, the younger brother of our neighbors, the Wilsons with the attached backyard to dig a hole with me behind his shed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we dug a hole with me behind his shed. And then I decided at the end of digging the hole to tell him that I had had a crush on him the whole time. And he was like, that was weird. And I was like, oh, and then we just like never addressed it again. But I remember that very specifically. Uh, wow. which is very true to form for me as a yeah, child, extremely like painfully, <laughs> painfully. And then the other thing was, um, did you ever go to those places when you were a kid or like for someone's birthday party where it's like a pottery place and like you paint a piece of pottery and then they like fire it? <laughs> No, I always wanted to, but I was like a laser tag kick. Okay. That's okay. That's elite in, in a different way though. Yeah. Um, I remember going to someone's uh, birthday party and there was like a statue of like a lady with like a full skirt and like a kind of like, like a riding top almost. And I got her and I painted her like kissing Kate in the red outfit. And that's where I was at. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned convincing someone to dig a hole with you because (laughs) I didn't get as far as digging a hole, but my mom used to babysit kids Mm -hmm. and one of them was close to my age and we had been playing games and then we ran out of games and he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, you know what? Let's play holes. And he was like, what's holes? And I said, we're going to pretend we're in the movie holes and I'm caveman. You be zero. (laughs) So did he dig your hole for you? Yeah. No, I mean, like, we, we just, like, we were walking around our house. Well, my house. And we were just reenacting scenes. And that we were pretending we were climbing God's thumb. And I was really into it. Yes. And I remembered all the words. I was just like, yeah. That's oh my so God. powerful. Okay, so. Well, I, I actually have a similar thing to that, mm-hmm. too. I know that my cousin and I created a dance <laughs> to... Whatever Did that it? one song, the, it's the song where Kiss and Kate Barlow is entering. It's not, Kiss or and no, Kate the Barlow. warden, the warden, the warden. It's literally like a deep cut Moby song. Like yeah. it's not. Yes, like- it's it's isn't it? Um, oh my god, is it Honey? Yes, Honey by Moby. Yes, oh, yes, no. yes. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah, and so like I really remember being at my grandparents' house, like doing that dance. Yeah. Um, for my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> for grandpa specifically. Like specifically well because grandpa liked moby yeah. he was like into he electronic music yeah nice oh my god That's so really it's funny. funny that we all have like really niche childhood memories that kind of relate right it's like we were really dedicated to yes. that <laughs> it was just that kind of movie though it really affects you you know so I guess that should lead us into, so the first thing we'll talk about is specifically good things in this movie. So like stuff upon the last time you watched it that you were like, hell yeah, this is so good. I really appreciate this. Okay, Audrey, do you want to go? Well, I was thinking about how um, great the source material is and how 
I mean, that's the, obviously it wouldn't exist without the source material, but that is the reason why I think it feels like you're watching like the Godfather for children (laughs) like when you watch it, because it's not often that like a children's movie will have such great source material um, that is still sophisticated. And like the way that that was translated and to like the editing and the way they shot the movie and like just like every choice they made is pretty specific and um normally I hate when footage that is shot in 2397 frames per second (laughs) is slowed (laughs) down um it's like put in slow motion to the point where you can see each singular image Mm -hmm. right and holes does that constantly and this is the one thing where I think it is a specific choice and I like it. Yes. And I, cause yeah. I, they had the capabilities to not do that at the time, but right. it gives sort of like an old timey, almost like storybook type of feel. Cause a lot of times they'll do it. Um, they'll do it in like transitions between the current story and the old, the, the stories interwoven and they'll do it when there's like intense emotion sort of. Yeah. Um, that so I think it, they did it when um the was it the warden's great grandfather mm-hmm. at one point like after that introduction it slows down with him and then it transitions back to detent and everything and it's mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah really smooth yeah but it's like normally that because normally I don't find it to be intentional it's just that you didn't prepare to you did not prepare for right. slow motion so no, now you've got if this if I see it in any other movie I'm like you're just being lazy yeah <laughs> like it's like you actually just did not do this correctly but right. this is a good instance where I think it works and I think it was on purpose I if I'm wrong then congrats to them because <laughs> they fooled me yeah do you have other things I mean I do you should just go through your things and then I'll go because um, I need to look at my notes because some of this shit is like really <laughs> <to> decoded. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I really um, do. Um, I just really want poison nail polish. <laughs> like, yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Rattlesnake venom. The warden is really hot. It's like painful. <laughs> yeah. Like especially just to interject for one second with that scene I'm like why is she like getting dressed when they show up you know like she's like putting the shirt on I'm like this is intentional and I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it but like there's Mm -hmm. something here um anyway but they never really take it any further no I mean it's like an appropriate level of her being like I don't know they clearly want the audience to think that she's hot so it's it's a it's an interesting balance between her being like overly hot and still being scary you know she is scary the um just like the kiss and kate barlow like historical archival <laughs> montages are amazing and when i was i rewatched yara's video about holes earlier just so i could refresh myself and you put that like kiss and kate barlow like fan cam in oh there. yeah i did and i was like that's exactly what I was gonna do. <laughs> I com- I completely forgot about that, but yeah. yeah, no, because she was she was just such a badass. Yeah, and like, yes. that's just so cool that your signature is a lip print, just like yes, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the best, and it's Patricia Arquette. So, mm-hmm. um, that's amazing. I love her. The cast is a cast that I could not appreciate as a child, um, because I didn't know who anyone was. Yeah, but now that I've seen like a good amount of films that each of them have been in it's I like 
realize like the weight of the fact that they were able to get all of these people in a kid's yeah. movie like John like Voight. every time I watch it I'm like how were you guys able to pull Eartha Kitt that does not make <laughs> yes. sense it makes yeah. no sense I was thinking about that last night too I was like did Eartha Kitt audition for this or no were they way. like we have this role for you because I can't imagine yes. her like she does an audition like we wrote it for you <laughs> right exactly like it. please take it I'm like I can't imagine her like beating out some other bitches for this like clearly no. mm-hmm. It was for her. It was like given to yeah. her. Yeah. yeah. They wrote the screenplay and was like, it's Eartha. Yeah. Call her up. Yeah. 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 And it is perfect. Yeah. Uh, my other notes are like kind of obvious, like the soundtrack, but the, the soundtrack is not um, what you would expect. Like the fact that they do have so many real songs, it's not even like super score heavy, but they have a bunch of actual songs in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it it's also an interesting choice. And the style of music is not what you would expect either. Yeah. And the score that does exist is really good. It's like very memorable. I was just about to say. Mm-hmm. It's very, yeah, because I mean, every time I think about holes, I hear that. I don't even know what those instruments are, but you know that sound it's I'm like, talking about. Like wines. Yeah. 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 Like slide guitar. It's just, yeah. it's kind of eerie, but intriguing and yes. just completely unforgettable. Yes. It's a really good score. Yes, yeah. I totally agree. Um, I will clock in to say that every time I watch Holes, I appreciate Mr. Sir more and more. Like, <laughs> the like, way he moves. The way, the, like when he shoots the yellow spotted lizard in the scene when he's at night, the way he's walking yeah. around, it's just like such a great performance. And like, I want to know, you know, when people make the joke that's like, like, give me like the villain spinoff for X, like, <laughs> like the movie, like I yeah. would, I would love a Mr. Sir movie personally. And coincidentally um so i'm in new york right now and my boyfriend and i are staying in our friend's apartment who lives in the same building as john voight (laughs) so we were like talking about like staking out the building and like trying to get john voight on the like like just like one blurb um but i'd be way too scared i would be so scared to talk to john voight i would never actually want to do it yeah no yeah that's that's a trip i was actually before I mean, right before it was time to call into this, I was thinking about John Voight beating holes. And I was like, did he know what it was about? Because it doesn't seem like it's really in line with his politics yeah. at all. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's funny when that happens, like when actors are sort of incidentally in things that... He's also in the Bratz movie, like, let us not forget. <laughs> it's just such a weird filmography. That yeah. So. yeah, his trajectory is is insane. Yeah. Like I recently watched um, Midnight Cowboy for the first time mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. And so am confusing. I mistaken or did John Voight, was he in Deliverance or is, was that someone else? I think you're right, but I, I could be so wrong. Midnight Cowboy, maybe yeah. Deliverance, the Bratz. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like not even a big character in the Bratz movie. Like it's so random. I don't know. The man takes what he can get. Oh my God, that's kind of like, have you guys seen Wish Upon? Mm Mm-mm. No. It has a really random cameo that in the movie, when I was watching it, I was like, is he lost? Why is he here? He's just game, I guess. I guess. I mean, I can can appreciate that, but he definitely doesn't have like a vision. Apparently he doesn't have like a vision for his genre or something. He's just following the next check, you know? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yara, do you have some good things 
Um, yes, I do. Yeah. But it's going to be really random. Please. Well, first, you were talking about the score, Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to say completely agree. Mm -hmm. The score is perfect. And it's like, I think the only movie that I know of that was made for kids that I can think of at the moment that had a score that was so immediately memorable. Mm -hmm. And... Um, also just the dialogue and it's not even like some of the serious moments it's yeah. like squid saying he's a mole I think he eats the dirt <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so random and it makes me laugh every time also just the set too is really impressive mm-hmm. but I know like the set is similar to like a western vibe and western yeah. sets are usually more affordable but i think it's still really impressive and pretty Me cool. too. Yeah. And just i mean everything about it cuz there's so many movies that i watch again from my childhood and i was like, "Oh, i had shitty taste. I get it." <laughs> yeah. But like the whole Holes movie, it's just Oh, this was great from the start, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just so many things that the older you get, the more you appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if you forget to come back from Adam Zeroni. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just that, 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 that whole I thing. That when I was a kid, it scared the crap out of me. Yes. Yeah. She, she was scary, but amazing. And it's great to impersonate, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yes. Very fun. Yes. Okay. I just need a pipe. <laughs> yes. And a rocking chair. <laughs> yeah. It's very needed. Okay, so I'm just going to read some things from my notable list because this just... They don't fall into any category. The first thing I wrote was, I wish they had sunglasses. That was one thing I was clearly thinking a lot while watching it. It's fucked up that they don't have sunglasses. That would be too nice, I guess. But like yeah. some of them have hats. Like, yeah. why not throw in sunglasses? I don't know. Um, What else? I really liked. Um, Well, okay. It's like the same thing as if you forget to carry Madame Zerny up the mountain, but like the POV shots, like when, when armpit pushes Stanley down and they're all yes. like, <laughs> they're all over his armpit. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. 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 Um, Just like love. I like it when things are on the nose, you know, and the shot is very on the nose, but like, I liked it. Um, So when I was watching it yesterday, I was really analyzing like, how the curse of of the original Stanley not carrying Madame Zerny up the mountain, like how it ended up affecting like the chain of events of the whole thing. Because I was like, wait, so did Stanley Yelnats, not the one Stanley, not get killed by kissing Kate just coincidentally because like the curse is so powerful that it has to keep getting passed down to generation to he generation. He didn't get killed by her. He didn't get killed by her. He was left in the desert. But oh, she but he survived. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Because how else would they have been there? Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like thinking about that. I don't know. There's no answer, but... I don't know. As I thought that, I was like, is that a thing that everyone else knew and I just like never noticed until now? Honestly, that aspect of the movie is pretty confusing, especially for kids. Yeah. Um, like that, I think it kind of went over my head, honestly, Yeah. as a kid. And then once you have it cemented in your mind one way, it's kind of hard to like mm-hmm. see it another way. Yeah. But yeah, I guess so. I guess you're right. Yeah. I mean, it does make a whole lot of sense because it's like, how can you be cursed if you're dead? You know what I mean? So it yeah. has to be passed down yeah. and the family has to keep going so the curse can keep going. Right. Yeah. Um, always an eternity. Right. Exactly. So there yeah, you go. That's not always an eternity, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It would, it would have to end. <laughs> um, and then 
one thing also, and like this might come up a little bit when we talk about the video that you made Yara, which everyone loves. Um, but one thing that I found like very interesting about holes upon this watch is that like, okay, with the, um, like with the entire plot line with kiss and Kate and Sam, it's like the reason why shit blows up is because of explicit racism. Like they, they mm-hmm. never say they never like say, obviously racism but like that's what it is and then it's like okay you're gonna have a whole plot line where that's a huge part of it and then you're gonna be like post-racial like pretend to be like post-racial at the camp and it's like the way that um dr pendansky is towards zero especially you're like there's Mm -hmm. something here that they're like not saying and like in the fact that like stanley's white it's like how different would this movie be if it wasn't like this already beloved by white america white boy in the lead role like i just was thinking about that a lot no, no, that's good. I think I even did. I mention that I in think, the whole video somewhere. Yeah, it was like did. the camp is a little bit wider, so the commentary about maybe like black boys specifically mm-hmm. being sent um, at large to prisons and everything, yeah, is kind of almost muted in a sense. Yeah, yeah. it's like watered um, down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I know. I mean, I understand if, if you're making a story about kids, you don't want the racism to be too explicit because mm-hmm. you don't want like kids like me to feel like, oh my God, they just said the N-word, you know? Right, right, of course. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um I don't know. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think about that a lot. Because even when you look at the extras too at the camp, a lot of them well not a lot of them, but there's a good chunk of, of white kids in there. Yeah. So you do wonder if they had mixed it up a bit more, mm-hmm. would it be more telling or I don't know. I think it'd be probably more confusing, even more confusing had it been less white people because they weren't good. The script, like if the script was the same, I don't know, as a as a children's movie and as a Disney movie, they are really like towing the line as it is. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's honestly shocking that they made this movie in, what is it, 03? Mm-hmm. It kind of is. Right. Uh, yeah. No, it's like surprising that it exists. Yeah. yeah. Like... Really, the, yeah. clearly, like the popularity of the book had to be v- massive. It ha- yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, like to the point where they knew it couldn't fail, basically. Right. Yeah. Well, and also, like again, like the intent, like the intensity of the like burning the schoolhouse flashback, and like when Sam gets shot, it's like that is not kids' movie shit, mm. and. And there's like the creepy sheriff too, all in there. Like what a nightmare of us yeah. of a moment. But it really, I just think it's interesting that they're like, I don't know. I guess it's just very Disney to be like bad things like that were in the past, not now. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And kissing Kate Barlow before becoming radicalized <laughs> is annoying. <laughs> oh yeah. She's just like, thank you, Sam. She's like, <laughs> Thank you. She's like, (laughs) honestly, she's just, I don't know. Something about her kind of bugs me before becoming Kissing Kate Barlow. Um, And the way that she's portrayed is kind of like this like perfect white woman or something. Like she's just Mm -hmm. like, this woman can do no wrong type of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I think. There's something there that I don't know exactly like how to how to verbalize, but yeah. being like an icon of like because she exists in the past story, not the present story. But like there's to me somewhat of a parallel between her and the warden. 
Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. That's half baked. I'll, I have to think about that. <laughs> I'll have to think about that. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I also thought it was really notable that there were like no songs sung by women in the soundtrack unless it was like a woman, like a scene about women. Did you notice that? No. Yeah, it's that true. Like the only time there was a song with a female singer was like during the montage of Kiss and Kate, like shooting people and stuff. And right. then and then there's another one when that when the warden's walking around and they're like digging like the trend, like the whole uh, network of holes there's a yeah, song I, with a female I, uh, singer. For some reason, that song, I know it immediately. And I don't <laughs> yeah. know the name of it. Like you said, and I was like, yeah, that's yep. a creature. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, are they bangers? Yes. Am I mad that they're there? No. But like, I really noticed it last night, at least. Um, I also just wrote, <laughs> this is in poor taste, but when they're on top of God's thumb, I wrote, is this gay? Question <laughs> Like when they're like, when they're like wrestling in the mud, I was like, is this a little gay? Like, no. <laughs> I don't yeah. actually think it's gay, but like, yeah, but I get, it's you like, know. you're like broke back mountain. Yeah, exactly. I was like, are we having a moment? Um, I just Zero thought that was funny. Is so baby. I know he really is. He's so cute. He's really cute. I had such a crush on Cleo Thomas after that movie. Yeah. And actually I was kind of disappointed when he grew up because I thought he was the same age as me. And I was like, what is this? Like when I saw Roll Bounce and he was a teenager, I was yeah. like, what? I thought, I thought you were my age. I felt very <laughs> yeah. betrayed by him. That is sad. <laughs> I think I saw him on TikTok recently. Really? Yeah. Like, like he's found his audience, you know, everyone's God, like we zero. We should have tried to get him on this. What if we had had him Cleo. and Yara? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Introducing Cleo and Yara. That's what we needed to do. I know. That, that would have been really It's cool. never too late. We <laughs> could make that. Our TikTok clout is somewhat sizable. <laughs> we could try. Okay. Any other... Okay, well, I feel like now would be a good time to um, segue into your video that you made, Yara. So, obviously, this movie is about prison and uh, prison alternatives in this in this sphere, but, like... Oh, yeah, because they're like, it's not a prison, it's a camp. Right. They're like, Camp Green Lake or jail. <laughs> jail or jail. Yeah, exactly. So, tell us about your video. We loved it. I know you're really proud of it. It's one of your faves. It is. It is. Well, I think it's because it came together so naturally. Because mm-hmm. usually for my videos, I sort of plan them months in advance. Like, I know what I'm doing. I have the thumbnail. I know the <laughs> argument or whatever. Yeah. Um, but Holes happened because I watched Holes one day and I was like, oh, my God, that's what it's about. Like yeah, I didn't yeah, realize. yeah. Because <laughs> it had been years since I, se- I had seen it. And... I was like, oh, my God, I've got to tell the world as if the world didn't. <laughs> you know what? A lot of the world didn't. A lot didn't, of the world though. didn't put that together. Oh, yeah. okay. uh, I, I, I thought don't I think. was just stating the obvious, you know. No. Um, because I always feel late to the party with certain things. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I just started writing it. And it was one of those things that it, I, there was just so much information, prior knowledge I had already can't, came to it with. So the research person was like, oh, this book that I had already read. Oh, this, you know, Angela Davis speech, you know, just pulling those out and then writing it all together. And it just flowed so well. And it was, a uh, yeah, just very natural progression for that video. Right. And I think it's still... I don't know. It's just an effective one. It's the only one I've ever let my mom watch. I refuse to tell her the name of my channel. (gasps) Oh my God. (laughs) She has only seen one and it's because I I sent her a quick time video of it. 
Oh so, my wow. god. The dot mp4. Mm-hmm. You were not messing yeah. around. I was like, you're not gonna find me. <laughs> so basically in the video, the main thesis is that holes is like a not so subtle allegory for the prison industrial complex. Yes. Um, do you wanna just expand a little bit on the on the parallels there? Um Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. So. Like, please so, ramble. We want it. You know, I, I'm, I'm about to get ready. You're going to have to cut a lot of this out. But I guess the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that Stanley does have to go to jail or Camp Green Lake for something he didn't do. It's just like an, an entire entirely misunderstood situation. And there's not a whole lot of effort put into figuring out what really happened. Mm-hmm. Which, even though Stanley is white, you know, it's still a fact for what happens to a lot of black and brown kids Mm -hmm. in certain communities. And they get sent to jail and like without very little evidence, some of these cases, if you read up on some of them. And then they have the hardest time getting out or they don't get out at all. So these systems take up 10 or so years of their life and they can't learn anything or grow. And then when they get out, they don't have many other opportunities. And in holes, you see this because when they get to Camp Green Lake, there's like, no, they never learn anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't learn anything. They're just digging holes. And so by the time they get out, it's like they're going to be far behind from their peers and they're going to have a harder time catching up. And this is always going to be on their record and stuff. And I think... Am I mistaken or toward the end, do they say something about their records or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's missing records and stuff? Yeah. And it's just that's another portion of how it's so easy to get lost in the system, you know, and to be forgotten in the system. Uh, Holes is just brilliant when it comes to all those things. And Mm -hmm. like when I was younger, it was like, oh, a movie about digging holes and curses. And then I got older and I was like, oh, God, I mean, are prisons obsolete? Like that's basically holes, what it reminds me of. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and the fact that it is it's such a like direct allegory, too, because they are it it turns out literally digging to find money. Like, yes. Yeah. And that's the whole thing, you know, being sent to prison for labor, for the economy and stuff like that. Yeah. When you have to pay your debt to society by working without pay like a slave. It's like um, Mm -hmm. Angela Davis said, I can't remember the exact quote, so I'm going to paraphrase. But basically that racism and systems of racism can sort of hide itself in things like prisons Mm -hmm. and you see that a lot, especially mm-hmm. with, um, was it X-Ray who was there for 18 months mm-hmm. and he was just like looking for an yes. out. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. Like, I haven't found anything in 18 months. And like, if you find something, give it to me. So right, right. I can finally <laughs> get something. Yeah. Yeah. The fact and the fact that um, they keep stating to the campers over and over again like you're not looking for anything you're just building character it's like exactly a blatant lie yeah and that's part of what makes the movie so good is that like the anger you feel at the adults is actually so righteous because it's clearly such Mm -hmm. a lie what they're telling them and it really does i mean it's it's also very interesting that the author of the book said that all of the coincidence like he said it was all coincidence basically right 
Did he? Well, isn't that what was in your video that he was like, if it's like that, I didn't make it that way. It was like he didn't make it with a specific political agenda, basically, is what he was saying. I think in mine, I was like, I'm not saying that's for sure it, because I wasn't Mm -hmm. sure what Lewis Sacker had said about it. And see, I said his name right this time. Look at me. (laughs) learning Gross. Um, I wasn't sure what he had said about it and so I was like you know what if this isn't what he intended to say and I know how some authors they like really hate allegory like what's his face um, what is his face the guy who did the Lord of the Rings oh uh, wait Lord of the Rings Tol- Tolkien yeah. Tolkien yeah. yeah 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 his face yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, some authors don't like allegory or they don't like people reading into their stuff. So I just did that as like a disclaimer. Like, I don't know if that's what he meant to do, but mm-hmm. that's what he did. <laughs> I feel like a lot of authors just say that, you know, and filmmakers, people who make art in general, it's kind of like the worst oh, yeah. and the best. But like when I feel like so many people creative people will be like and like lyricists or musicians they'll be like oh it means whatever you want right <laughs> yeah i'm like okay they'll, they'll yeah be like, oh it's not political at all and it's almost like you know like like all art is political to a degree so yeah okay. yeah but right like sure it, it doesn't exist in a vacuum so you didn't just get these things from nowhere yeah. i don't know right like, I get that response, but I usually just wish I knew them personally so I could be like, okay, but what is it really about? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. You can tell me. I won't tell you. Yeah, like, I just want to know. I'm just curious. Okay, I'm looking at my list of bad things. Do I really have anything there's, that's bad? There's really not much compared to our normal there, there's fare, there's but. some bad things there's yeah. you know, john boy but he's like giving a good performance it's just unfortunate right. that he's there yeah 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 <laughs> that um, is true and this isn't like like a bad like a negative point on the movie it's just one of those things you know it makes your blood boil is like pandansky and all of his shit towards zero yeah and oh my god it makes me so angry every yeah. single time and then Ah, uh, when he hits him with that shovel. Yeah. Oh, it's yes. It's like, that is cinema. Okay. <laughs> it's glorious. That's why we so go to the movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it feels so good every yeah. time. Dig. And then he runs. Oh, my God. You know yeah. what? That is powerful right yes. there. It is. Yes. And it's I, so true. I really love his performance in the in the, uh, Zero's performance. Like, it's mm-hmm. just genuinely a great like a great actor's performance like it really is (laughs) yeah he's like really like shy and to himself without relying solely on like vulnerability to get that across or solely on anger it's like an even mix of both and you can tell he has a lot of frustrations within him and he is vulnerable but it's just this nice balance that Cleo Thomas brought to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, actor of our generation, that guy. <laughs> I uh, mean, <laughs> retroactive Oscar, we should, yeah, we should provide truly. it. I will say the one thing that, like, didn't, it didn't hit as much as it has in the past for me was just, like, so basically the whole movie is, like, it's, like, about, like, deus ex machina, basically. Like, that's the whole mm-hmm. point. But it's 
it's like so much like there are so many things in the movie that you're like okay I get it it's connected like like I didn't even realize until literally yesterday or maybe I had forgotten but when they find the onion patch on top of God's thumb I was like and it's the onions because it's Sam's onions (laughs) oh yeah it's just like every single thing is connected which like is really fun but at the same time it's like let us breathe. I have this theory though (laughs) that a lot of movies that we've seen well not movies but like this is us and that other movie made by the people who made this is us Mm -hmm. it's all inspired by holes man all (laughs) yeah all that interconnectedness yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i mean someone was watching holes a lot (laughs) somebody yeah somebody (laughs) absorbed all that that's me with using aquamarine as my plot template for like everything It's almost like this person watched Aquamarine way too many times. Yeah, that's that's gonna be me, one hundred percent. It's good for kids, though. I yeah. think kids feel really smart when they when, when they can they put the can understand. Dots. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, totally. I felt like when I first saw Inception, I was like, "Holes prepared me for this." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like our first, it almost was like, it, it was like our eternal sunshine of the spotless. <laughs> right, 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 right. Junior. Putting all the pieces together. The junior version. Yes. We were all seven-year-olds and it's like, this is so deep, man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when you're used to like, I don't know, like. Um, what else was that in 2003? So many things. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> yeah. Well, really, I can't really think of 03 off the top of my head, but 04 is the one I can always remember. It. Like, everything. 04 had the Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's the only one I can think of. Um, mean Girls, Confessions of a Teenage mm-hmm. Drama Queen. 13 Going on 30. Um, yeah. Lots of, lots of the stuff that we cover on Sleepover came out in 2004. Yeah. <laughs> like, extremely for some reason. Mm-hmm. significant year it was a big year <laughs> yeah i feel like the extent of the allegories that you get normally mm-hmm. from kids movies they're all fairy tale based yeah like and they're not allegories it's not the right it's like reference mm-hmm. too um so you can only feel so smart when you understand that a cinderella story is about <laughs> cinderella yeah 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 <laughs> like yeah or Ella Enchanted was like the elevated version of that. Oh my God. <laughs> elevated. I got Ella Yeah. Hey. So what are like, like, how do we even. What? What's like, because I feel like normally when we get to the end of the second half, we, we have like a deep takeaway. Yeah. I guess it's like. Uh, it's hard because like. Right? It's, yeah. it's hard because it is. It's like the deepest children's movie we've ever covered, but yeah, um, I don't know. I think we. It's and like we kind of feel like you sort of we've already sort of said some of the deeper stuff. Too. Yeah, so, so I'm it's like just like how much ha-ha. deeper can we get? Right, yeah. but if anything, Inception. <laughs> right, exactly. Mm-hmm. But if anything, like. I mean, the fact that we both cared about it is something. The fact that because like we just literally cannot give a shit about movies that star men or boys. It's true. <laughs> it's bad, yeah. but it's true, especially as kids, though. So, yeah, like that does yeah. say something. And I'm sure there are a lot of people in our audience who feel the same way about holes. It seems like there are. Yeah. So there's something to holes. I mean, we did get Kiss and Kate Barlow. So there's that. Yeah. But there's something to it. I mean, actually, 
I do have to say the three characters that actually set all of the shit in motion are women, the warden, Kate mm-hmm. and Madame Zeroni. And those are all amazing characters and not, um, not like super sweet or like idyllic people either. And I feel like, especially for us, we were very into that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Complicated. It's sort of like they're, they're very flawed in a way that went beyond anything we had seen in movies, especially our demographic was watching at the time. Yes. And like um, very much like vengeful or determined in a way that was very like unfettered. Yeah, yeah I thought that was so cool. And I remember the first time I watched Holes and seeing that montage of Kate Barlow and thinking like, is she bad now? And then realizing Oh no, that's that's not like it's it's more complex than that. And yeah. I think that was that might have been the first time I saw something like that. Yeah. yeah. You, I feel like okay, maybe maybe this is the deep takeaway is that the thing with holes is that like if when you're a little kid and you're watching something about a bunch of kids who are in prison who are like bad kids or like mm-hmm. bad people like you're you assume when you don't know better like oh like they must be bad people like we like e- like empathizing with them is a bad idea right. but the whole point of the movie is like that there's way more to the story than you think there is with everyone exactly. yeah yeah, I would say, yeah, Holes was very influential in that regard. Because before that, it would be like, oh, this kid's bad. You don't want to be associated with him. And then after Holes, it was like, there was more to this kid. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. going to befriend this kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And maybe that's why it stuck with us so much. It's because it did have a lot of value and a lot of morals, but ones that weren't like being shoved down our throat. Like yes. we barely noticed. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, which is like the mark of a good... A great film. Also, you know, the soundtrack. All the bangers. Yeah. That helps. (laughs) Yeah. We were listening to the song in the credits last night and uh, listening to everyone's freestyles. And it was just so good. (laughs) Here's a question, though, that I just I just thought of. Um, Is there a connection like, you know, how Stanley's dad is trying to solve shoe odor or whatever mm-hmm. is there solve what's it shoe odor <laughs> what does he say uh I, I mean that's basically what it is yeah so <laughs> it's like it's like it's like solve it's world a, conflict I think it's like, just like yeah yeah think of words yeah yeah it's kind of uh, I don't, anyway is there like a connection with anything else? i mean i realize like shoes are what starts the whole the story off in the present day mm-hmm. but like why is that there? Like, why does he, why is he trying to do that? Does it connect to anything else or is that just how it is? Uh, I think that's just what it is. Like I think I, that's just what it is. I think that might be one of the few things in the movie that doesn't have like a really like extreme well, I was backstory. I say that maybe it was one of those things because that was in the book, right? That part mm-hmm. is still loyal to the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was one of those things that was added just to be like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. This dad who's always working on getting rid of stinky shoes. Yeah. You know, you come home and the whole house stinks and it's just like <laughs> miserable. Yeah. And maybe it was even done to highlight some of the misery that Stanley feels in his own life is that he comes home to his house and is crowded and he shares a room with his grandpa and it always smells like feet, you know? Yeah. And the fact, like, his life was, like, up uprooted by shoes, like, falling mm-hmm. on him. Yeah. So I guess that's the connection. Yeah. But... Well, and then it's also, like, 
this is sort of connecting with the end of the shoes, but like the thing that ends up getting them all the money is the fact that like the breaking curse of Madame Zeroni makes like the onions or like the peach fall into the yeah. thing and then they yes. have the cure. And they realize <laughs> the peach and the onion. Yes. Kate and Sam. That is the cure. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it, it, it is like crucial to yes, the plot. It is yeah. ultimately crucial mm-hmm. to the plot. Okay, I'm glad we figured and that I guess out. Because sort I of that stink in the house is like the, the stink curse. Of the curse just festering in their lives almost. Hey. Yeah, that was deep. That's yeah. that was deep and that was accurate too. Yeah. There's also just one thing I was saying last night to Audrey, um, just in the book, the like a big part of the plot is that Stanley is like significantly like he's like obese at the beginning of the story and he like loses a bunch of weight that I just find to be uh, interesting. And it's kind of like a good, like it actually acknowledges that what they're doing is like extremely physically like challenging. Yeah. Cause they don't, they downplay it. They kind of downplay it in the movie. Like it's really brutal what they're doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like they couldn't survive it. Yeah. Because the intensity of it, as, as you watch the movie, it starts to, it doesn't weigh as heavy. Right. But they give you that introduction with um, Barf Bag and yeah. the Rattlesnake. And that's like, oh, this is really intense. But then you get more into it and you kind of get used to it that you almost forget the brutality of it. Yeah. And I wonder if that was intentional too, you know? Yeah, right. But, uh, ooh, that Rattlesnake. Also, I know. Barf Bag has a booger in his nose. In the beginning of really? that, have you guys ever noticed it? No. Oh, when he when he <laughs> when he tilts his head back and he screams, it's just right there. And yeah. My sister always used to point it out. She would be like, "He needs to." <laughs> someone needed to wipe his nose. Like someone had to check him. I'm wow. sorry to say something really serious and then follow it with like also, bigger, but like I just felt like that, I had to say it. That's the range that we're looking for. Yeah, that's here. what we like, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Well, any last words? About holes, other than great movie. Holes might be the defining film of our youth. Yeah. That's my final idea. Because it's like, it's not just that it's still a good movie, it's also that so many of the politics being Mm -hmm. shown in it are things that I'm like, you know, like that's part of how I was raised, and it's a lot what I, um, I don't know. It's anti-prison. Yeah. Which is sort of where I'm at. So. Right. I don't know. I feel like it's very, I identify with it a lot more than yeah. I do maybe like um, ginger snaps, which I do identify <laughs> with a lot because I am actually a werewolf, but <laughs> I didn't say that, you know. Of course. It's yeah. business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think that the whole like the whole point of it being about like empathizing with people and also secretly about abolition really does align with things that our generation cares about. But, and you know, the seeds were planted long ago with holes and here we are. And I'm like, whoa, was I radicalized by a Disney (laughs) film? Yeah. I don't think Disney meant to do that. I don't know. No, that was, that was totally accidental. Yeah. They're like, they're like, oops. Yep. It's so crazy. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, on that note, Yara, you're an angel and a dream. 
thank you for joining us. <laughs> Should I do like a special goodbye pose or like? You know? <laughs> well, I have to ask you. I have to ask you the obligatory. Where can our listeners find you and your right. work? Okay. Yeah. I'm prepared. Oh, sorry. I meant to, I was going to count that as me asking, but I'll ask again. Yara, where can our (laughs) listeners find you on the internet? Okay. You can find me on YouTube, Yara Zaid. You can also find me on Instagram. I never update, but you can find me there. And um, that's pretty much it because I've wiped the rest of my social media. No, because Yara has boundaries and we should all aspire to that. That's what we're learning today is that. Well, sometimes it just it just gets depressing social media. So it's oh, like, yeah. let me just take a break because this is making me sad. Yes, it it's is so healthy of you. Literally, oh, but also letterbox because I'm oh, always writing like yeah. these one sentence reviews. Yeah, yes. Shark Tale, top ten mafia films. You know, <laughs> so where's the lie? Where's the lie? <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. As always, and we'll Thank find another reason me. to have you back. Yeah. I'm sure. No, we should actually. You should do another holes one with Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> and let's discuss that. Just get, get into, into that. those themes. Yes, yes. Yeah. we really should. Um, but. Uh, Thank you to you, whoever you are listening at home. We appreciate you. And we'll be back. (laughs) We'll be back next week with another episode. Um, And we'll see you then. Bye. You can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at tupingpictures.com. If you want to watch our show as well as listen, we're on YouTube too. Search sleepover cinema or go to the link tree in our Instagram bio. We're on Instagram and Twitter at tupingpictures and would love to hear from you there. We're also on TikTok at sleepover cinema and that's really where the party is at. And if you like the show, if it brings back evocative memories of childhood or tweendom or babysitting, share the episode with a few friends. Leave us an iTunes review telling us what movie you'd like to see us cover next and leave us a review if you like the show. And if you don't, don't. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah, and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Special thanks to executive producers Michael D'Aloya and David Moss. We'll chat again soon. Bye. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.